Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1053. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concern? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will it be beneficial to all concern? This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special two guests on the show, Joanne and Brando Pistorius. Joanne, Brando, are you two buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir, we are. We are for sure. All right, here we go. Joanne and Brando Pistorius have been married since 2000, and together they own and operate Old Wheel, where they preserve history through the restoration of fine automobiles. They are always on the hunt for that elusive barn find, rare collection, and the unique collector car. They buy, restore, and sell interesting automobiles to collectors from around the world. They are also the founders of an exciting and new Concours event titled Gasparilla Concours d'Elegance that will debut on April 13th in 2019 in downtown Tampa, Florida. Proceeds will be donated to the Shriners Hospital for Children in Tampa, and we're going to learn a lot more about this show as we continue in our conversation. And I also want to thank Eric Lunseth, a co-founder of the Pedal app, for introducing us today. So, Joanne Brando, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would each of you take a moment to share a little bit more about your careers, your business, and your passion for automobiles? And I think we'll always lead with the lady today. So, Joanne, take the wheel. Well, thank you so much for having us. This is a thrill for us. Um, my first podcast, so this is on a bucket list now, I guess. All right, so, very cool. <laughs> well, Brando and I met, as you said, um, we married in 2000, but we met in 99. And I really didn't know so much about antique cars until I met this young man. And uh, we had <laughs> such a wonderful time touring the countryside that I quickly fell in love with it. And I just enjoy seeing the car people and the cars all over the country. So it's become a brand new kind of passion for me that I never would have dreamed of until I met this man. Well, Brando, you've uh, unleashed a whirlwind of car fanaticism here. And Joanne, tell us a little bit about you. My life started in South Africa. And uh, basically, when I was, I could barely read. Uh, the newspaper was those days the only form of media and radio. At six years old, I saw the first time in my life an old car that was for sale. And I asked my, my dad if he had money to buy it for me. And he <laughs> just say, you know, he just chucked it off and say, why would you buy an old car? You know, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, no, I don't have the money for you. So from there onwards, you know, I just, I was, I was born with that. I mean, none of my parents or grandparents ever had a liking for old cars, but I had it. I was fortunate enough to meet a very good friend and his dad, which is still alive today. Um, was a guru in that field and you know, gave me a lot of insight and obviously hands-on experience. And then from there onwards, back to America, we, I decided to come and live uh, for many reasons, but one of them is the cars. So here we are. <laughs> there we are. Here we are. We'll see. You were much more bold when you were that young because all I was asking my dad for was a matchbox car. So I never thought of asking him for a real car. Who knows? He might have, might have said yes, probably not. But uh, 
Very, very cool. As we continue on both of your journeys here, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has a meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So again, Joanne, we'll take with you. We'll start with you, so take the wheel. Well, actually, I was a member of the Rotary Club for over 25 years, and every meeting we would have the same mantra, which I have really stuck to ever since I joined that uh, association. And they have something called the four-way test. And it is a wonderful way to live and do your business and your personal life. It is, I'll t- tell you with it what it is right now. It is, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will it be beneficial to all concerned? And nice. many a time when we go through business decisions or uh, issues with family, friends, clients, we ask ourselves, is this beneficial to all concerned? Is it fair to all concerned? So that is my mantra. You know, it's a great mantra. I'm very familiar with the Rotary Club, been involved with them early on. And I remember that when you you mentioned that, you could see my face starting to smile because we're Skyping each other. These two are in Florida today. I'm in the Pacific Northwest, but we're kind of in the same room here together. But it's a wonderful thing to go through whenever you make any move, especially in business. And, uh, that's why they put that whole uh, mantra together. I think it's fantastic. How about you, Brando? Mine is more simple and down to one sentence. I believe in uh, do to others that you would like to do to yourself. And, the uh, golden you know, rule. Yes, I think that's you know what we live about. You know, that's just I, th- I think it can't get more simple than that. Of course. And if you're selling, buying, and selling cars, boy, is that a way to live life? Because uh, you can certainly make a lot of friends that way. And if you don't follow that, you can certainly make a lot of enemies that way. So very, very nice. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated each of your passions for car. I love the fact, Brando, that you introduced Joanne to cars. You brought her into the car hobby. Now she's a fanatic. She's one of us. But Joanne, um, tell us a little bit about that first moment when you realized, you know what? I love this guy. And I think I love cars, too. Actually, um, it happened in the very first year of our marriage. When Brando said he wanted to buy an antique car, I said, okay, that's fantastic. I'm going to buy a 1930 Packard. I said, okay, that's fantastic. And he said, we're going to go to Maine and find it, and then we're going to drive it home. I said, that sounds great. So when we flew to Maine, we um, got off the airplane, and basically it was such a small town it wasn't on a map. But we, Brando is pretty good from South Africa of navigating the world. So we got to eventually finding the small town. And then we asked just the person at the local cafe if they knew the man. Yeah, they knew the man. And so then we found our way up a mountain and we found a true barn find of a car. But the gentleman had at that time said, what do you want to do? You want to buy the car or not? And we said, yeah, we want to buy the car. Brando asked, will it drive well? And of course, the answer is always, yes, it drives wonderfully. He says, okay, will it make it to Florida? (laughs) And just stopped. I don't know. And so after that, Brando brought his checkbook and he wrote him a check for the car. And the man, again, befuddled, said, this is a personal check. Brando's, well, you know, I'm from South Africa and my word is good. And so the man called his son, who happened to be the sheriff of the town. He says, let him go. I mean, how fast can he go? It's in a 30-pack. <laughs> we'll catch him if the check bounces. <laughs> it was the best trip of my life. We drove and broke down so many times from Maine to eventually uh, we got to Washington, D.C. But when we would break down in Kennebunkport and Connecticut 
And everywhere I could go antiquing during the fall leaves, he would be under the hood fixing a car and I would be gathering more trousseau items on, on this <laughs> whole new year. Uh, it was the best trip ever. And, and I thought, you know, once I was able to bring something to this table, we broke down in Washington, D.C. on a Sunday morning at 8 a.m. right on the interchange. My husband said, well, the clutch plate's gone. I, I don't know what we're going to do now. And up to then, I was just the passenger in life. And I said, you know what? I know something called the auto train. And so we, we convinced someone to uh, tow us there. We convinced the auto train to push it on. And then we had a lovely trip home on the auto train. I'll always remember that as my first event where I really became in love with a whole hobby of, <laughs> of antique cars. Brando, you married the right woman. Because uh, there maybe aren't that many women that would tolerate a trip like that. Maybe going, my hair's messed up, the wind's blowing, the car breaks, all this is horrible. But I love the the spirit that you have, Joanne. And I think the best thing you can have anytime you take off in an old car is, besides a cell phone, is a great attitude. And it sounds like that's what you had. How about you, Brando? You talked about that old car you saw as a little six-year-old. But is there another moment in time when you realize this car thing is for me? Uh, yes, way back in South Africa, uh, we were it was compulsory to go to to the military for training and and mm-hmm. defend the the country. And so uh, you had choices: you can stay there for one year and then go on with your life, or you can stay for two years and they give you a lump sum money. And so I chose the two years. Also, it meant that I didn't have to go back for camps. And I like that idea just as great. But here I am, 21 years old, with my pocket full of money, and what did I do? I can buy myself two cars, number one, just one. So, <laughs> so I end up with a 1960 Austin Yearly and a 1937 Ford, which the Ford became my daily driver. And the Austin Yearly was my first car that I actually stored uh, 21 years old. It took me a year from wow. bumper to bumper. So then, you know, then I was really all four feet, you know, in, in, the, in the whole process of this is what I want to do. That's a hobby. Very cool. I love that. What a wonderful story. That's cool. I had Lance Stander, who owns Superformance on my show last year, and he's, of course, was from South Africa and shared a similar story with his service to the country. And then you get out after two years, have a couple shackles to rub together and to go invest in something. And I think he did something very similar. He got into the car trade and look at him now. So, uh, yeah, building all sorts of cool Cobras and GT40s and Grand Sports. So let's take a look at some of the roads you two have driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. You've been entrepreneurial, as I understand, most, if not all, your life. And, of course, starting a Concord hasn't happened yet, so you're you're learning about all the, the things about that. But I'd love for you to share a big failure or a big challenge that you faced in your life and walk us through that and then tell us how that taught you a lesson and helped you move forward in your life or your career or your business. Well, I think everyone's familiar with the Great Recession of 2008. Oh, and yes. So we had, when once Brando and I started our lives together. We also started a real estate company. And so we were in real estate from 2000 to 2008, and we were doing quite well. And it really uh, facilitated uh, for us to grow a nice collection of cars, have a lot of fun, do great things. But that really hit us hard. That recession pretty much devastated us and financially. And you really had to, you really had to buck up and find what can you do together that you both love and are both passionate about, have a future with. That's when we said, you know what, Brando, you've done this all your life. I've been with you for eight years. 
and had just thoroughly enjoyed it. Let's do it full time. And we both had started our own businesses. Brando had his own business in South Africa, and I had my own business here before we had been married. So we both knew how to start a business and how to get going. But yes, starting one during a recession was more difficult than <laughs> any other time. We thought that it, you know, typically it'll take you three to five years before you realize some real success. It took us a little longer. But, um, you know, through that process, you really learn what you're made of and you really learn what your priorities are. And so we were able to get through that. And it was a lot of challenges. But what kept us together is our passions for each other and for the same values that we share and uh, always remain having fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you went from the real estate industry, which completely collapsed in 2008. And then you decided to have a restoration business, which is one of the hardest businesses to be successful in. I, I know because I've interviewed several hundred people who are doing it and have tried it. I've known a lot of people who've tried it and they have failed because it's just very, very difficult. So you guys, uh, you've got some guts. I, I'll hand you that. But you had each other. But Brando, how about for you? What was that whole experience like? Well, you know, there's different things in life that that, uh, that you feel like uh, it's a failure. I think my first failure as a, as a human being or as a grown man was why I got divorced. And I felt like I failed this. And it took me many, many years to get over that. But you know what? I crossed the Atlantic Ocean thinking that, you know, I will never get married again. And look here, I met this lovely woman. And, you know, the rest is history. So that was my first failure and success. Yeah. We just talked about, you know, a, a person that falls in the gaps and it also likes the lifestyle that you like. You know, that's it's not easy to find, especially not living with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and as I sit here and watch them, there's a nice big kiss on my screen. So that's very nice, very nice. Well, you know, it's a wonderful story, and it's a testament to the fact that no matter what happens in life. There's always a good outcome somewhere if you have a good attitude about it and you start opening yourself up to look for it, right? Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum and talk about a big aha moment. Now, you talked about a big pivot in your life and your business where you went from real estate to the car restoration business. You decided to chase your passion. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. Got 1,030 53 people now that have been on the show. Can't even keep count. I've talked to so many people. That's more. Very good one. Well, thank you. It's amazing to me, too. Tell me about a big aha moment for you guys or individually, and we'll start with Joanne. Well, I have to say, when I first thought about what we were going to do here, it was a challenge, and we started doing it with just our own cars and our own collection. So Brandon would pick out cars, and uh, we would go travel around, find something, fix it, restore it, sell it move on. And uh, we figured out that that wasn't really going to bring enough money for our future. We had to rebuild from scratch after the real estate issue. So then as clients started, or friends really from car clubs, started to see our cars do well at shows, we've been participating in Concourse de Elegance events around the country, as well as just regular car shows. And we were doing well. So I think once Brando's reputation for doing a good job on his own cars spread, he was able to pick up a lot of client work. Then we realized that there actually was a better future for us in the restoration work than the one-off. And now we have a year-long waiting list. So, so it wow. really created a lot. Yes, the, the hardest part of our job is finding people like Brando because he's a, he's a unicorn. You know, he's a soup nuts. 
from nine, 1900 to anything pre-computer, when you get one person who knows so much about so many eras, it's special. And so that is our biggest challenge is to find somebody. We have a few mechanics who work for us and a few body men who work for us. I always have to remind Brando how special and specialized his, his skill set is. And so, no, that was, that was the time when we knew we were going to do fine. You know, it's an awesome story, and I've interviewed a lot of restoration shops, people that own restorations, rather. And I have friends that have very high-end restoration shops, and that's what they always tell me. The hardest thing is people, finding the skilled people. And as time goes on, there's less and less, at least I've heard, young people wanting to get into the trade. So that adds complexity to it, because as we get older, it gets a little harder to pound metal all day and, you know, twist wrenches and so forth. But how about for you, Brando? What's that big aha moment for you? You know, for me, it was a, not an overnight thing. It, it, it happened because I, I, I was a broker, so I used to sell real estate investment over the phone. I had 80% of my clients I've never met in my life. Wow. And, you know, I had successful clients, and 10 years later, they were all asking me, what are we going to do now? And I, am always, I always believed in real estate. I said, no, this will go over. Don't worry. Well, that didn't worry took much longer than we always anticipated. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, eventually um, I had to say, well, I have to move on. Let's move on. And Joanne was the first one that said we should restore cars. I'm to that field now, you know, going from a hobby to a profession is never the same. It took a while to get to the point of to say, okay, you know what? I, I better buckle up and do this now properly. You know, yeah. Meaning properly in the sense of, you know, just, I will see this as a business, not as a hobby anymore. And that's uh, the key. Yeah. Having the vision to go, this is now this, not that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, if you do it as a hobby, it's, uh, it's, you do it for yourself. And if, if you make a, a few dollars in between, all oh, that's great. Um, but if not, um, so now it's not a question of, you know, a few dollars, you have to make a living. But from one thing led to another, and uh, you heard the rest, you know, we uh, took us out many years. We didn't have a, a name in front of our business. So all those things we did deliberately because we wanted to be careful who we get as clients and, and get the right people instead of the wrong people. It's, it's not an easy thing. Well, I always like to ask people about their first special car, and we'll start with you, Brando. What was the first car that had great meaning for you? I would say as far as the, 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 the car that most probably was the most exciting car because of things that happened was, the, uh, was a 1933 Buick. And, and this car was not a regular 1933 Buick. The car was, um, as a chassis, they were exported. They exported five chassis out to Holland. And in Holland, they put you know, funeral uh, follow car bodies, built by Broncos, on these chassis. Uh-huh. So uh, the long story short, uh, these cars were in before, you know, from 1933, went right through the World, World War II, was hidden in, in you know, safe places. We, no German or you know Nazis could get to them, and then after the war they carry on with business again. And this business was since then, you know, and only in the late fifties the business went under because most probably the management, you know, the old people they died, and uh, and the business went bankrupt. So, yeah. long story short, here comes the car, and we saw it on eBay. It's actually a very interesting story. I was on the eBay and I was looking for a Model T of all things. And then in the background, I see, but there's a very unusual car. So I start to search, and I search and search because there's no name. car doesn't look like a Buick, and to find the car somewhere else. And 
Yeah, I see the same car with a different angle. I can see the Model T left of it. So I started bidding on this car, and the, the main reason why I got the bid and at the reasonable price was because it was Super Bowl. And I didn't watch Super Bowl at that time. <laughs> uh, I'm from South Africa. We watch rugby. Yep. So I got the car for a good price. And uh, so now the car is mine, and we have to go and get it. So we get to the place to find out that uh, the owner is a, is a racing r- driver. Yeah, we, maybe we should not tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a racing driver, but he had a, a representative there. The guy helped me to push the car in the trailer because, you know, the car doesn't move, doesn't run at all. We brought it back home, and then um, when the uh, car was sort of, you know, sitting now for, for many years, nobody actually ran the car. The car was in the Imperial Palace in, in Vegas. When I got the car, the car, typical story, when the car had been sitting for a long time, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. But anyway, I got it running within a week. I got it running. To find out that the engine, because it's from Holland, was rattled with rust on the inside. And because of that, it would have cost a lot of money to fix it. So I started calling around the country to find another exact engine like that. I asked my friend one day, uh, do you know of anybody maybe who's got a 33 Buick engine? He says, yes. Old William here from Wyoming, you know, 50 minutes away from my house. Wow. <laughs> and, and when I went to see him, I called him up first, and he said, yeah, I got an engine for you. I thought maybe it's a 34, and they're 35, not a 33. When I got there, it was identical. To the wow. Oh, my gosh. So How lucky are. is that? Fantastic. You know, those are the small stories that we love because of yeah. like, what we do. Oh, but yeah. The other funny story is the day he said, okay, come and get it. I made a deal with him. I paid his money. I said, but I'll come back. He says, come back in the next weekend. He had a fork, a fire brigade ladder with a hook on it. And he lifted the engine up with this huge, humongous fire brigade truck that he's got. Oh, my gosh. Up down on my truck. So, oh, that's wild. Yeah. Just to, oh, my gosh. Now, the, the car itself, could you spell the name of that car? I'm trying to identify what it is. How's it spelled? The, the Broncos um, or the Buick? The Broncos. 1933 Broncos. Uh, Buick, but Broncos, B-R-O-N-K-H-O-R-S-T. Horse. Okay. That yeah. is the name of the carriage maker. And that was actually on that same vehicle. My job in our partnership is often to authenticate the story because many a time we will buy a car and there will be a story attached and everybody loves to share the story and that's wonderful. But sometimes the story might not be true. So it was in the Imperial Palace for 25 years with the story that it had been owned by Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands. Wow. When Brando got it, from the race car driver, we knew it had never been driven because there was dry gum wrappers in the gas tank. <laughs> so once Brando fixed it, I started my job with history, and I could not get anybody to get back to me. I finally got the one man who wrote a book on the Queen's motor cars, and his name was Franz. And Franz called, could not um, speak fluent English, so he, but his wife could. He would type on an old-fashioned typewriter. And she would scan those pages to me. Wow. He had several pages in his book devoted to this very car. He told me that he had been trying to tell the Imperial Palace for many years this car was not owned by Queen Wilhelmina. 
It was uh, designed by Queen, the Queen's carriage maker, Bronckhorst. And Bronckhorst did this as a funeral car. There was nothing but uh, the most uh, famous and most um, wealthy people who had funerals were in these cars. It was a very rare and interesting car and story. And once you got the real story, actually the car went up like 400% in value because we could authenticate a very rare story. So I think everybody knew that if you have a fantastic story that has no authentication, it's not nearly as worth worthy to you as a really great authenticated true story. So we were able to find out that that car was built by a very special circumstance. Wow, what a history. That's incredible. Well, I'm going to ask this next question to you, Joanne. It has to do with seller's remorse. Because now that you're a car gal and you love cars, I know you're in the business of buying and selling and restoring. So sometimes you do have to let cars go. But is there one that's gotten away that you really wish you still had in the garage? The one with the most sentimental value will be the 1930 Packard that we drove from Tampa to Montreal. We were going to the Rotary International Convention in Montreal, and um, we wanted to stop all along the route at Rotary Clubs all along the way and, and introduce them to the car trade. We actually, when we stopped at a Rotary Club in Virginia Beach, Virginia, we actually had the president of the Antique Automobile Club of America come out and speak to us. And he said, I just happened to work in an office building and I looked out my window and there's this big crowd around this car. He had no idea we were there. And he invited us to go to the 75th anniversary of AACA. So when we went to Montreal, we added a week to our trip. We drove along the river. We met wonderful people. We um, actually slept in a and b of the chef of the Queen of England, who, when he retired, started this B&B. We wow. had the best time. And, and that's the thing about old cars. It opens up doors to wonderful stories, wonderful people, wonderful experiences. We never had a hotel reservation on it. It was 4,000 miles in 23 days. And every night you go to dinner and you ask the waiter, where should we go next? And they wow. all tell us. Oh, my gosh. Fabulous trip. We, I never saw Niagara Falls. That's where we went. We did some fabulous things on that trip. And so I, I missed that because it had a lot of history in that. No doubt. Wow. What a trip. That's incredible. Well, I would love for you two to tell our listeners about the Gasparilla Concorde Elegance. As I mentioned, it's taking place next April. Why on earth do you want to start a Concorde as if you're not busy enough already? Well, that's a very good question. But, you know, it seemed natural. We, we go to many events. We, are in, we love the Amelia Island Concourse because it's obviously in Florida, and they do a wonderful job up there. And uh, we couldn't figure out why the heck has Tampa not ever had anything like this before. We are a really growing uh, city. I'm a born and raised. I've been in Tampa all my life. My mother's been in Tampa all her life. I've got five generations of people who've lived in Tampa. We've seen this co- this uh, kind of side of the country grow. And Tampa as a city is just booming. So nonetheless, um, downtown Tampa is quite beautiful right now. And we thought, what better place to have a concourse d'elegance? And we have wonderful collectors in our area. And um, so I actually, we enjoy another concourse at Lake Mirror Classic. Um, Ford Heacock with the Heacock Classic Car Insurance has always put on a wonderful show there for the last 20 years. And we asked Ford to be on our organizational committee, and he accepted. 
And um, with that, since then, we've had maybe 15, 16 more very strong people join our committee, including our mutual friend, Eric Lenseth. It just made sense. So Tampa's never had one, first ever, one of a kind thing. So it's going to be a beautiful day, a beautiful event. And I think that the best part about concourses is that if you can find cards that you don't see at other shows, they've been hidden back in those private collections where people don't necessarily share. Right. We have a lot of that here. Down south, we're, we're private sometimes. But <laughs> I just have a, had a wonderful conversation with Kim Reeves Rogers of Reeves Auto Imports, and she was saying the same thing. They're on board as sponsors. And she said, you know, there are so many collections that they're not going to want to show their beautiful cars. They keep them out of sight. And I said, you know what? Yes, they will. Because we're so proud of Tampa. We're so proud of the South. We want to show some of the beautiful things we have. And we don't have rust. We don't have salt in our snow. We have some really good collectible cars that have really survived. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll make sure I put a post, a link to your website on your show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. So as we get closer to that part of the year, next year, of course, next April, but it's going to come faster than we all can believe because time is flying by, as it always does. I'll make sure that my listeners can go and research that. And of course, uh, maybe what we'll do here on Cars Yeah is have a week's worth of promotions with your sponsors. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later. Here's a very introspective question for both of you. Joanna, if you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, I think I'd have to say what kind of car would I want to be, because I think I would really want to be the uh, Duesenberg. The Duesenberg is such a sexy, beautiful car. And there is um, one in particular, the 35 model JN convertible, which I think everybody knows as the Clark Gable car. What beauty. And so I, I think when you're in a car like that, you feel so special. And then the people around you enjoy that car so much. It's just a joy to share. Yeah, it is a special ride. Now, how about you, Brando? I'm going to answer that question in a different way. I uh, met a very well-known person in this country. He's in the tire business, and he has a lot of cars. And I asked him, so tell me, which is your favorite car? And he says, how many children do you have? I said, three. <laughs> He says, well, which is your favorite child? <laughs> yeah. So that was his answer to my question. And I think I have the same uh, answer. You know, I have a variety of favorite cars, and that could be from a Model T to a Duesenberg. It depends wow. on the uniqueness of the car. I think that's more what I go for. I like something unique, something you don't see every day, but even the Model T today is unique. That's yeah, a brand new Model T brass era. Okay, well, we'll let her answer that question for you then. I think that's a good one. So, Joanne, Rando, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. 
From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. Okay, Joanne Brando, we are up to the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to answer with some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received, Joanne? Don't over-restore the value of the car. Yes. How about you, Brando? Um, I would say the same. And obviously, uh, you know, be be a truth to what you do and say. Ah, love it. Very nice. Would each of you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes? How about you, Joanne? You know, we're very hardworking people. To tell you the truth, we both get up at five in the morning and we work all the way till six in the evening. And it's because we love what we do. As they say, you've never worked a day in your life if you love what you do. And so our habits are, are the same in that respect. Yep. Old Henry Ford. He was known for that one, I think. Well, how about a resource? There's so many cool resources these days. Is there one you guys would like to share with our listeners? How about you, Brando? Well, uh, you know, I, uh, because of my um, love for the older cars, we're talking about, you know, up to 1942. If you're in that era, then as far as the the book that I go by is a very, I call it the Bible of, of 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 that. And that is called Illustrated Encyclopedia of Automobiles by David Burgess. Ah, so I'm familiar with that book, yeah. I know that book. I mean, that book yeah. is that's a good book. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, a lot of information in there. This next question is kind of a fun one. If I can arrange for you two to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, and you're going to have to come up with the same name here. Let's Let's play that game. So the same person gets to sit with both of you and have a drink and talk about the car industry. This could be somebody living or deceased. Who would it be? I think so many people would say Henry Ford, but Brando and I have spoken about Milton Hershey so many times. I think a lot of people don't appreciate his real input on on so many things in life. Yeah, you know, first time that name's been mentioned, I'm kind of surprised. Henry Ford's the number one name everybody mentions, or Carol Shelby. But uh, yeah, Mr. Hershey, that would be a good one. I think that'd be very, very interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize that he had a ticket. He and his wife had tickets on the Titanic. And he did not uh, use the Titanic. He stayed busy with the work. And that is something Brando and I have done many a times is we've foregone doing other pleasures because it's time to work. And uh, that saved them. 
And then they created a whole town where they saved so many orphans from being in such a dire situation. They were real ph- philanthropists. People. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Expected them, and we go to the Hershey Swap Meet every year, and that is the biggest resource for all car parts. And uh, I think that's where we we found that people gathering together at Hershey is the most impressive thing. You don't oh, yeah. know the person who owns a one car or a hundred cars. We're all in the same boat looking for the same part. Yeah, we never know the bullets we dodge, do we? And uh, the idea of having those tickets to the Titanic. I have a friend who had. Tickets to an airplane that crashed and everyone on board was lost. And he's always framed those and he has some little saying, and I forget exactly what it was, but it's something about every day's a gift uh, because you never know when the last one is going to gonna be there. So, wow, I'd forgotten that about Mr. Hershey. That's an incredible story. Now, how about a book? Now, Brenda, you mentioned a book before, but is there another book you guys would like to share with our listeners? Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it's about Henry Ford, and it's uh, mostly about his young life with upcoming and then becoming an engineer. And uh, and the, go- the, the book is called The Amazing Life of Henry Ford, Ideal America. Yeah, that book was by James Martin Miller and Henry Ford, and I think it talked about his early life uh, more so than the later life. Is that Am I remembering that right? That's what, yes, that's what I, uh, when I read, that's what it came out. It's a very good insight of the man's uh, mindset and um, and obviously genius but because that's what he was yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's for sure well listeners you can find links to all these great resources that joanne and brando have shared with us today on their cars yeah show notes page just go to cars type in joanne and brando ampersand brando and uh that page will pop right up all right we are up to the checkered flag now i ask each of my guests if I could buy them one very cool collector car, but it's the only one they can have, that's what makes this hard. I know you guys have a few cars, so getting rid of all the cars and only having one is a tough question to deal with, but we're just dealing with today. But here's the twist. You've both got to pick one car. I'm not going to buy you two cars. I'm only going to buy you one car. I can't afford to. I've bought 1,034 cars now. But uh, if you guys had to pick one car together... That makes it even harder. A little diplomacy here might be in order for one of you. We'll see how that goes. What would that car be and why? The Bugatti, Bugatti Royale. Royale. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Uh, whoa. Well, talk about a... Art, you probably didn't have a few assets behind you you don't even want. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, like every one of them, and then I'm going to have to cube them or something like that. But... uh well, the Bugatti Royale, now here's what's interesting about that question, or that answer, I should say. I've heard had a lot of Bugattis I've had to buy for people, but never the Royale. And I was lucky enough to see all those on the lawn at Pebble the year they had them all there. I mean, it's a monster. It, it's an absolute monster. It's almost mind-boggling. What on earth are you going to do with a car that big? Do you have a lot of kids to throw in the back seat? <laughs> no, I, I've got, I will make space for it. Like I say, uh, yeah, I will cut the hole in the way I must cut the hole. So oh, God. Yeah, you're going to have to cut a big hole and do an extension on the back of your barn. Well, for those, those listeners that aren't familiar with the Bugatti Royale, which most are, but if you're not, way back when, when I was a kid, that was like, at one point, the most expensive car ever, ever sold. I mean, it, it was sold for lots of money. Now it's been surpassed by the the Ferrari GTO and all these other cars. But uh, wow. Well, you picked now is uh, of the few that exist. Is there one in particular that you really have your eye on or do you not care? 
Well, you know, um, to be honest with you, the only one that I've seen with my own eyes is the one that's in the, in the, in the Ford Museum in the, the Dearborn. Dearborn yeah. So, okay. uh, you know, and I've seen it many times on pictures. And then we also know about the Slump Museum, um, yes. which, uh, you know, that's a store in itself. So that's what I learned about the Bacardi Rual the first time. And when I laid my eyes on, on this love at first sight, and I saw the car in a museum. Now, I'm trying to remember, because I've been to the Schumpf Museum in uh, Europe. Is there a Royale there? I'm trying to remember. Well, the time that I was never been there, but the time that I heard about the Schumpf Museum, now i be talking about, you know, 40 years ago, there was one. Well, I should remember that, but I tell you, that museum blows you away when you go in there. You can't believe how many Bugattis are in there. Right? It's just, it's overwhelming. So, uh, I'm going to have to go back to my pictures. This was pre... This was in 96. I don't even think I had a cell phone then or a digital camera. I'll have to go back and pull my prints out and see if I shot one of those. Wow, Bugatti Royale. Were you the, you're the only people who've ever asked for one of those cars. That makes you rather unique, but we knew you were unique anyway. So nice choice, you two. Well, you've taken me on a great ride. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for being on Cars Yeah and sharing this new Gasparilla Concord Elegance. That's going to be cool. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you two drive off very grandly in that Bugatti Royale? Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Well, one of the things about this whole Gasparilla Concourse d'Elegance is that we're doing it for the love of great cars, the love of the community, and the love of the charities that we work with. So I think most people who are the true car people are just that. They're so philanthropic. They are so willing to talk with you. It doesn't matter. Once again, if you're sitting down next to a fellow with one or ten or a hundred cars, he's all broken down on the side of the road just like you, and they're all telling their stories of their cars. It's a wonderful hobby and a, a wonderful way to meet wonderful people. It is indeed a wonderful hobby, uh, very special people. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Old Wheel Restoration and the Gasparilla Concours d'Elegance? Actually, our, our company name is Pistorius Collectible Autos. And funny enough, when we were putting up our website, I said, Brando, no one will be able to spell Pistorius Collectible Autos. He said, just call it Old Wheel. And I said, that's brilliant. So okay. our, our web address is oldwheel.com. We are Pistorius Collectible Autos, and you will find us on the web there. There you go. And Pistorius is spelled P-I-S-T-O-R-I-U-S. Listeners, you can find everything that Joanne and Brando have shared today on their show notes page. Again, just type Joanna, or Joanne, I should say, Joanne and Brando into the search bar. He's the only Brando, so if you type Brando in, that'll get you there. They're the only Pistorius here on Cars, yeah, so (laughs) they'll be very easy to find. Joanne, Brando, thank you for being so gracious and helpful this evening. I know it's your evening, it's uh, my afternoon, but uh, for being here on Cars, yeah, until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thank, thank you, you Mark. very much. We enjoy it thoroughly. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you in your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes 
for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.